Hello everyone and welcome to the TIW podcast. Now, there's not been many of these, I know that because I've been quite busy obviously dealing with um, a guest who is joining me on this one's podcast as well, uh, also known as the True Fans podcast, but obviously the person who is joining me today will actually probably agree that West Ham have had an amazing season and was really unexpected from us um, and the guest today is Kieran Grudgings, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm very, very well. Um, so I think the first thing to really talk about is the season has just gone. What was yeah, your opinion most... on it? Yeah, I think it was a, it was a very, very different season for, for, for every team. Really, you know, fans are a big part of of it, um, and also they're a big part of. The team's advantage, you always speak about home advantage, particularly because you've got, um, you know, being a players coming in. Um, and and I honestly think that it's incredible to see uh, West Ham, you know, probably appreciating that time away from, you know, fan participation doing very, very well. So overall, it was a different, it was a very, very different season, but, you know, winning the game is, is still the same way. Yeah, so like you said, it's more different because obviously not having fans there, but obviously the, like we've seen the last, I'd say the last two games of the season, we saw fans um, in the stadiums. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it was nice. Obviously, you know, they're a big part of football. They make a football team, um, you know, what what it is really. Um, I've, yeah, it's definitely very, very nice to see, uh, you know, so well it's also a bonus yeah so obviously we are now with Leicester in the Europa League unfortunately for them um, at the end of the day do you think we've got a chance of winning it? Uh, I think everybody's got a chance of, of, of winning Champions League you saw it this year with uh, with you know with Chelsea that was probably a very very surprising winner in terms of the way that they started their season. So, you know, if, if you know, West Ham need probably a lot to do. I don't think it's an easy competition to win. But I think they're, it's, it's massive. And I can honestly see them, you know, putting up a good fight, uh, especially as it's the first time that they're playing in this, in this tournament. So, yeah, obviously it's the first time we've been playing in the tournament, but, have you um so obviously like the big teams like when we played Man City first of all we drew one all Tottenham three all Man United yeah okay we lost three one but that's still an improvement saying look we can keep up with the big teams now yeah it's massive and and you know getting res- getting results of them them teams is is very very different but you know you've also it's quite difficult when you you look at that you also look on the side of flip side of that uh, you know losing you know 2-0 to Newcastle who's had a poor season uh, 2-1 against Arsenal you lost uh, you know against them you know like you mentioned you, you lost against Chelsea 3-0 Liverpool 3-1 so you know it's it's one of the difficult things where you've got to be consistent in in that type of tournament making sure you get through the group stages and then you know ultimately it's if you don't show up on on one day you to 
you know, progressed into the tournament. So consistency is a massive thing. And, you know, West Ham definitely needs to be a lot more consistent if they're going to pick up uh, the Europa League. But they've, but they've got, a, got a great chance. And, and as a football fan from England, I'd nice an England team win it. So obviously, I've had most of my friends say the only reason that we got Europa League was because of Jesse Lingard and obviously his surprising form um, from joining us. Do you believe that or do you believe like it's a whole team thing? I think you look um, the squad overall, I think you were lacking in that attacking midfielder option. I've never watched so much West West Ham football since I've uh, since I've known you. Uh, you know, Gaz. So, you know, that was it's definitely the team I'm always keeping an eye on because we talk about how the true fans and you know, we're always talking about football. It's always a big part of of our, you know, conversations. And, you know, I always said to you, you, you need an attacking midfielder. That that was what was lacking. You've got incredible holding mid holding midfielders and defenders. So that's an area you need to strengthen. But I think you know, we were talking about consistency. Another big thing that a football football team need is is players, you know, coming in and also transfers being massively impactful. And you you definitely had a fantastic transfer window in the summer leading up to the beginning of the season. And then also in the January transfer window, you know, you picked up Jesse Lingard, uh, you know, Bella Rama, who was also a big big part of the squad. Yeah, um, so obviously Ben Arama only scoring his first goal and I think it was like a couple of um, games into the end of the season. But at the end of the day, that's still showing he's improving and he's getting back into uh, into his flow of probably playing in the Premier League. Listen, he's a, he's a young lad. Uh, he, he has moved around, you know, a little bit. He's only, you know, 25, so he's got fantastic potential. He probably needs to, you know, have a stable bit, you know, part of on loan a couple of times. But, you know, Brent, Brentford is not but they were, you know, constantly pushing for, you know, Premier League football and he was a big part of that. So, you know, listen, he played 18 matches uh, last season uh, for West Ham in that single goal. So, you know, he needs, a, he needs a long running in the squad. I think that could potentially happen now and he can, and he can push up. Yeah, um, so obviously there's been a few transfer rumours about my favourite player. Obviously, you know who it is, Declan Rice. Um, there's been rumours saying that Man United are going to put a bid in, Chelsea are putting bids in. Do you think he really needs to go at this time or does he want to, should he stay? I think it's I think it's all down on the individual you've seen. Players leave a leave a club they were very very successful at very popular at uh, and move into a club and probably struggle but yet on the other hand you've seen you know that go the other way I think Rice is an incredible player we've talked about his the transfer value how much he currently worth you know hundred million is is a lot for any player I don't think he's worth that but I think that's a personal thing for West Ham saying, you know, we need to keep him. Um, I think in that transit, they need, you know, world-class players all around the pitch. They've not got that and a holding midfielder is probably what they need. Um, but I cannot not 
I can't see them breaking the bank, honestly, because I think they're very tight with money. Chelsea, I think, I think he's probably the best bet. The London aspect, staying in London. Uh, you know, you've got Mount there as well, uh, you know, who he who he's very, very good friends with. So I personally think he's he's a he's revered at West Ham. He's a big, big personality, a, a captain's well. You know, with, with Mark Noble, you know, retiring at the end of next season, he's gonna be you know, the skipper uh, and, you know, learn off Mark Noble. So I think he's got a great setup at West Ham. They've proven to have some fantastic uh, younger players. And I think it's got, uh, he's got the potential there, but it just depends. You know, if he's money driven. So so like you said, Mark Noble retired at the end of the season. The big question is, do they retire the number 16? Because I think they should, because obviously his loyalty to the club, his respect, he's been with the club all his career. But then is it like pass it on to a youth and then kind of they see, oh, I've got to live up to that aspect of Mark Noble? Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, I, I honestly believe that it's... It's quite difficult, the decisions to retire the shirt. Personally, for me, I um, I personally think that they won't uh, I because, you know, they've not retired the number eight shirt for Steven Gerrard and, and no offence, he was a bigger influence at, at Liverpool in the time he was there than, than, than Mark Noble was and did some incredible things in a, in a, in a shirt. But, um, you know, it, it would be nice. I honestly do believe that. You know, doing that for any playoff just keeps their legacy. But I am retiring a shirt is not going to keep uh, Mark Noble's Mark Noble's legacy. It's what he's done on the pitch, and you know the leader he is, and the big example he is for them young players that we keep mentioning. Yeah, so obviously the youth coming up. And like I said, yeah, it would be nice to see a youth player wearing the shirt. But then he's got to kind of think, I've got to live up to them expectations of Mark Noble and. Obviously, Mark Noble being a big influence at West Ham, it's kind of, you can't put all that pressure on a youth to live up to that standard. I, I, I honestly don't think they'll do that. I think that's a very, very strong to do, especially if, if they play in different positions. It's, you know, football is not the thing where, you know, yes, it's very, very similar, but, you know, a striker can wear a number two shirt and so can a right back. You know, number one is the only number players can't have you know what I mean and, you know that's obviously just predicted to the goalkeeper so listen if a striker go and picks that up then you're not going to be looked in the same way I don't think it's right you know to do that I don't think they will do you know coming back to Liverpool again Naby Keita wears a number 8 shirt for Liverpool no way is is a Liverpool fans ever going to compare him to to Stephen to Stephen Gerrard so I hope, I hope that they don't. If they do keep that number on, I hope that you know his legacy and the way he played, like I mentioned, was 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 going to be enough. Oh, what else is there to mention? Um, have you got anything you can think of to mention, Kieran? I've just got, I've just got the uh, I've just got the stats up, you know, here and 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 stuff like that, and this is potentially where I can. Uh, you know, ask you some questions. You know a lot more than me. Um, in 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 terms of, you know, certain people, obviously certain players, and you you 
your team a lot more than I have. Uh, you started off with two defeats on the bounce last season, uh, one to Newcastle on the opening day and then the following one to Arsenal. Is it going to be more difficult this year, do you think, to potentially have a strong performance in the Premier League with also Europa League football? I think it depends because it depends which one we focus on. If we win the Europa League, it's going to be like we probably might lose focus in the Premier League. But if we go for a strong Premier League season, get knocked out of the Europa League early, it's kind of the same situation. And really, you want to be focused on both. And I don't think any team can kind of do that because it's obviously the Europa League's a big kind of obviously European trophy. Then you've got the Premier League as well. Like we could, we were contenders. We were in contenders for Champions League, and it's like we might want to see that again this season. But you, you just you can't predict next season. Obviously, we'll probably discuss it more on the True Fans podcast when we do the um, table predictor. But I think you can't predict the season until it happens. Your lowest ranked position from the second game of the season with obviously two defeats on the bounce on the bounce 38 in 38 match days of course you can't predict when you finish and you know there's there's so many matches in a season you probably you know they're all you know mashed up into one can you sort of remember a moment of the season where you honestly thought you would finish sixth you would begin a Europa League football is is that memory sort of Stick in your mind a certain moment or result? Do you want to be... I'll be truthfully honest, I think it was the Brighton game where we drew one all. I think I kind of said to myself, once we drew that game, I was like, right, Champions League's done with now. It's Europa League. We need to win. And I think having them victories, obviously, or what draws or victories, uh, obviously the last one against Southampton, 3-0. I think that... um, kind of progressed the fight for Europa League and it we got to it. This is this is quite interesting because on the twenty first of December you lost three 0 to Chelsea, which have which I know hurt you uh, a lot in terms of you know your family like that. Since since that It's something that, you know, you didn't in over a month. Is is that consistency? So you beat teams like Everton, you beat teams like Burnley, West Brom. You know, you, know, you drew to what to Brighton. And do you think that uh, was probably the best time to be a West Ham fan in the in the 2020 season? Yeah, I think it was because at the end of the day, it proved that we we got knocked down and we got back up again, and we were stronger. And it was like we wanted them wins. We wanted to go out and prove to the world that 
we're kind of a team not to be messed with as well as a team that can win games instead of drawing them or losing them all the time. And there was yeah. the proof. And obviously after right. the, um, the after the Chelsea game, it was more to the point where obviously it did hurt because obviously my family are Chelsea fans. But at the same time, it was a turning point in our, um, in our season because... I think that motivated us to kind of go out and win and do what we have to do. Thomas Suchek, uh, Jared Bowen, uh, just three of the, the names sort of away from Jesse Lingard that were massive, massive uh, players. Out of, out of the three, uh, who would you say was the, you know, the most you know, influential? Because there was definitely so much um, you know, ha- happening in terms of them players, and it wasn't it wasn't just West Ham fans. Also, football fans truly appreciated what uh, them three players particularly did. Talk to me about them three and, and your mm-hmm. hopes for for next season regarding them. At the end of the day, I think um, you can't really pick one. But if it was going to be one, it had to be Thomas Suchek because he. Scored 10 goals for a CDM. That's, well, a holding midfielder. That's pretty well done. And um, also Kufal, I think he was like the most. Or what, uh, with Cresswell as well, I think both got quite a few assists and pushing forward. Obviously, Thomas Sufi, um, Vladimir Kufal, Obviously, already played Europa League, so they know what it's like. Um, Jared Bowen, obviously, coming from Hull, I think, in January last year. Um, he's just been absolutely on form. And I think he's one of them players that has potential to do better than everyone expects. OK, fantastic, mate. Um, let's move forward because... Listen, even in Liverpool's champion season, Thiago needed strength in the midfield. So it doesn't matter how good of a season you you know, or for example, you know, Premier League, you know, how many times you win and how good, um, you know, you still need to bring players in. I've got a couple of links here. Favourite. Your favourites to Eddie Linketti, you potentially could see uh, him. West Ham, another young lad. We keep mentioning about how good your, you know, your youth system uh, is in there. You potentially might be losing back to Manchester United. We mentioned about Declan Rice. So, is the transfer news something now that you're massively, massively intrigued of? Because but you know, the year race is going to take up a lot of the players' times. You know, so maybe after that, you could see uh, being a massive, massive uh, transfer window for you to strengthen your squad. Yeah, I think obviously after the Euros, it's kind of we're looking for players to bring in. And obviously, like you said with Minketti, um, I think, yeah, he'd be a good idea to bring in. So we've got a replacement for Mikel Antonio. But obviously, we were linked with players like Tammy Abraham, who unfortunately has now gone to Aston Villa. 
um, and is now going to be playing for them. But at the end of the day, we needed somewhat. We need someone who we can rely on to kind of play in that position. And obviously, we've got yeah, Jan Malenko and Jared Bowen, but they're not straight up strikers like Antonio and obviously Haller when he was here. But at the end of the day, I think we need someone who can replace Antonio if he gets injured because there's no way you expect right midfielders, left midfielders, cams to play striker because they're not going to know what to do. And they're not all that. Yeah, right. Most attacking players know we need to score goals, but strikers have got to be strong um, and able to prove what they can do. But at the end of the day, okay. I think we need kind of a few players to revamp the team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that was. That was sort of my next question. With this squad now, if you made no transfers, this is it. Doesn't matter where you finish in the Premier League. It's because because that I I honestly, I I honestly think that you could the Premier League often focus on the Europa League. You want to win the Europa League. That's the big thing about it. If you. Don't players in the champ in the transfer window this summer. Can you win the Europa League with the squad you've got now? Nobody. Or do you, do you think that you can get it? I think we'd have a high chance, but I don't think we'd get it because obviously, let's say Antonio does get injured, we've not got a straight off striker, or let's say. Fabianski gets injured we've not got a strong goalkeeper I'm not saying Randolph isn't a strong goalkeeper but I just don't think he's top level whereas Fabianski's obviously played at Arsenal Swansea he's kind of proven that he can he's been at big teams and he knows the pressure of it Um, but not at the moment because I don't think we'd have to strengthen the squad. I think we do need to bring in some in, but it's just wait until the Euros is over to find out who we bring in. Yeah, massive, massive. Well, that is... I mean, uh, I'll hand over the questions here. Mate. Uh, you know, for you, I feel like we've uh, delved everything. So if you conclude, I don't want to take over. Uh, I think you give us some fantastic answers. So thank you. Right, so thank you very much. Go on, Kieran. Promote the True Fans. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Obviously, the True Fans podcast is where me and Gary Medley, you know, talk about uh, sport and and and, and football. Um, I'd love to do more collaborations over here on the TRW podcast because it's definitely very very nice uh, to be to be uh, the to be the guest rather than constantly. Um, but no, so the True Fans podcast is where we talk to the True Fans of the beautiful game. Uh, we do podcasts uh, every week, but we also do live streams as well. So uh, make sure you follow us on Stereo True Fans podcast to watch the live streams. But if you miss some, do not worry. All the highlights will be put on the channel. Doing really, really well at the moment, uh, the True Fans podcast. And we all thank you for that. But even though you might, uh, you might really enjoy the podcast, I definitely recommend check out this podcast as well because it's still just as good
All right, thank you very much, and see you guys in a bit. Come on, you iron.